You are listening to the Be Fit and Me podcast with your co-host, Lena. And your co-host, Amber. Be Fit and Me is a podcast dedicated to women. And men. Okay. Who want the best out of life. Our goal is to create a community where we can share our struggles, victories, and experiences to encourage not only ourselves, but you, and to inspire each other. We're not experts, doctors, or psychologists, but hope you'll follow us on this insane journey as we strive to have it all. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Be Fit and Me podcast episode. I'm your co-host, Amber. And I am your other co-host, Lena. Amber's back. Yay. Yeah, just still a little bit of a lingering cough and runny nose. But yes, she's back. My voice is, I think, almost back to normal. So sounds normal to me. Nice. Yeah. And she kicked butt today in class. Everyone was watching her to see what to do. (laughs) (laughs) It was a tough one. It was probably my toughest (laughs) class in the past maybe month. Um since getting sick and everything so yeah thanks (laughs) you know (laughs) my skills yeah pretty good (laughs) just actually not kidding okay um and so obviously it's a friday so we're doing a fitness um a fit friday episode and this one's a little different from last week it's more on the mental side of things it does include some fitness from my point of view i think yours as well Maybe you had it in there. I don't know. But um, we are going to share, like, personal development is something that we all need to be doing on a regular basis. And I feel like a lot of times we get stuck in a rut and we lose sight of what's really important. Like, in the society we live in, everything is go, 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 rush, post, let's go out, drink. It It's all messy. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to describe it, right? Messy. There's no real, like, purpose sometimes. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. Amber's looking at me like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, personal personal development and what steps or habits we use to help ourselves improve those skills. Specifically, positivity and how we perceive the world and our outlook on life, our own personal lives, and how it affects those around us, and of course, ourselves. So we're going to share a few habits. And, you know, for me personally, um, a couple of the habits I developed years ago, based on circumstances when I was younger, and going through college, and different experiences with different kinds of people, So they're a bit different than, say, Amber's. And then some I've just learned as of like, you know, taught myself and really had to develop the last few years. Um, So it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's something that gradually changes throughout your lifetime. And no, even though we've each implemented these exercises to stay positive, of course, like everyone still has their moments and even going through these processes and knowing what it is, I still have maybe sometimes moments of disappointment or frustration, but it is sort of using these mindsets and skills to help pull me back Mm -hmm. on the right path. This is going to be actually a two-part episode. It's because it does fit under the category of me 
a me Monday and a fit Friday. So we wanted to break it up because I feel like our episodes are getting a little too long. Some of them. So to make your, you know, your drive home enjoyable, <laughs> both on a Friday and a Monday, <laughs> we decided to split it up. And not everyone is in their car <laughs> for over an hour like me every day. And not everyone wants to listen to us for 60 minutes straight. For the whole <laughs> ride home. <laughs> Unless it's a very tantalizing Only subject matter. Only cases. So yeah, anyways, we're going to just share... Our habits, I have six, Amber has five habits that we use every single day or on a regular basis um, that keeps us, like I said, in a positive mindset, in a positive mood. And it's and I just feel it's necessary to share with you because maybe you can take from it and change your life slightly by just hearing one of the habits we use and try to utilize it in your life. So I guess I'll just start with my... Um, I, I wanted just to, to mention positivity because I feel like it can be mistaken with being happy all the time. And there is a big difference between being positive and having that stable, that stable, constant mindset, like Amber just stated, as opposed to just being happy, go lucky, bubbly all the time. There's a huge difference. And I think sometimes I get mistaken <laughs> as being this happy just oh she's just so annoying you know why are you how are you always happy all the time but that's just my personality I just I've just been able to maintain this positive outlook and for, I actually you know for a long length of my for a long part of my life or a big part of my life and my, my sister makes we just had this conversation over the phone the other day about this and she just gets annoyed she's like honestly lena if you weren't my sister i don't think we could be friends because <laughs> i just get under her skin i annoy her but she just has to change her perspective i think sometimes well i don't think i would be mistaken for an overtly happy person <laughs> but yet i'm still pretty positive when it comes to a lot of things so it's not really so much external as mm -hmm. it is you know internally internal, what yeah. you know. <laughs> But I just wanted to point out that there is a big difference because some, someone could just appear happy all the time, be smiling and bubbly, and deep down inside they right. are miserable. Or I'm saying, or like me, I yeah. don't appear happy yeah. all the time. <laughs> so don't always look at the outward appearance. Yeah. And that's just a reminder for life in general. The outward appearance yeah. is not everything. All right, so let me start with my first one. And this is actually something that I developed when I was really young and I, and when I say develop, it took some years to develop this skill and I'm still working on it, but it's learning to take criticism in a healthy way. And we're all criticized every single day of our lives. We criticize ourselves. Strangers criticize us. Our friends criticize us. Our parents criticize us. You know, it's hard not to criticize people. We're always judging and we always have something to say. But for me, when I was younger, I, um, especially high school, because I did mention this in a previous podcast, and I'm sure I've mentioned it several times, but I just felt different, and I felt like I, I, I stood out. So anytime someone would say, it could be anything, but I always took it negatively, and I always took it the wrong way, and I didn't know really how to process it, so I would soak up everything. And then I would take that energy instead of reacting to that person or that group of people, I would take it out on my family and my sisters. And I just developed this, this way of projecting anger of what I was feeling from these people onto others, those I was closest with. So <laughs> the steps that I had to take. So the first one was 
don't respond quick. And that is honestly something that has taken me up until like, I want to say a few years ago, that took me a while to develop because I was always sharpening my tongue and I would be so quick to just say something smart and say something mean and say something just to rip your heart out (laughs) because you hurt me. And I felt like, oh, I'm going to get you deeper. So, you know, I can, I want to say like, even like two years ago, I really worked on that. If someone made me mad or if, you know, I, for instance, I would, I don't know, there was a, there was an instance one time I was picking something up off the ground and the cupboard door was open and I lifted up too quickly and I hit my head on the cupboard and I, you know, before I would just scream and I would be so mad at myself (laughs) and yell at myself, but I realized, you know what, one day I'm going to have a kid and I can't overreact. I have to learn these skills now because my kid is going to be throwing things all over the place. I'm going to get irritated (laughs) (laughs) and we get irritated with my significant other and it's best to just, Hey, breathe and just let it go. And so that's the first thing is learning how to respond in a timely manner you know, receive the information they're giving you, (laughs) process it, and then respond later. Not with all these text messages and not with my words, my sharp tongue. And yeah, so that's the, (laughs) the first part of it. The second part is listening to the criticism, really hearing what they have to say, because it's not always about you. It's not always meant to be negative, but it can be constructive. And that's what I was losing sight of. I wasn't taking the constructive part of it and learning from it. So again, (laughs) it's taken some time over the years, like I said, and I do apologize for those people out there. If I've never, you know, apologized for what I've done, (laughs) it wasn't intentional, but it was more just a reaction of, you know, a bit of like, I went it my way. (laughs) This is how it's going to be done. And more of just like, you don't talk to me that way. You don't say that about me. And then, you know, the final step of that would be responding, replying to them in a positive way, in a constructive way after, you know, first listening to it, understanding what they're truly meaning to say or what their point is, and then respond. And if they have nothing to say or they, they were, you know, rebuttal with something even more negative, you just move on. You just let it go. Yeah. And I've, once I started doing that, I'm, I, I'm honest, yeah. like it was up until I was like 33, 34, I just said, it's not worth it. Right. It's, it's time to just don't lose sleep over it and let it go. L I G it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a good segue into my first tool that I use. And it's just to be honest with yourself about your strengths and your mm-hmm. weaknesses. And so I remember being younger, probably probably like high school, college years, and, you know, you're taking in a lot of, you know, information, mm-hmm. criticisms, negativity, immaturity from other people. And, you know, sometimes you, uh, you let it get to you. And um, I was one who tended, I didn't react. I internalized it. Mm-hmm. And so, which is just as unhealthy. And so... Over a time, and I'm going to say somewhere in my college years, I recognize that like if I am fully understanding who I am and I know that my weaknesses are X, Y, Z or my strengths are X, Y, Z, there's no one that can tell me anything about myself that I don't already know. 
So if they're saying something that is true, even if it's about a weakness, you know what, I can take it in and say, you know what, that's true. That's something that maybe I need to work on or maybe that's something Mm -hmm. a weakness and forget the rest of it. Or if they're saying something to me that I know to not be true, I don't have to take that because guess what? I know for me it's not true. So that's how I was able to sort of sift through, you know, the feedback that I would get and not internalize it anymore and just, you know, take it for what it is because I knew myself. And so I think that's we're opposites in the way of how we handle that negativity coming in from the outside. Um, So for you, it was about slowing down and processing and responding. Well, not slowing. Well, no, no, slowing down by taking it in, taking the time to actually sort through the information as opposed to reacting, you know, on a dime. Whereas for me, I would take it in and internalize it, but now I don't have to sit with it. I can let it go. Like you're just saying, I can let it go because I take in the information that's true. Okay, fine, process Mm -hmm. that. And with the information that isn't, I can push it out instead of keeping it all inside. So it's it's interesting. It's sort of yeah. different sides of the same coin. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't know myself when I was younger. <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know who I was. I, it was, I was a lost little birdie. But yeah. now I know exactly who I am, what I want to do, and there's no stopping me. But up until the age of like 22... I was just a robot. I just yeah. thought, okay, play basketball. That's all I do. I have no feeling. Don't do anything but that. <laughs> and if anyone's mean to you, lash out. That yeah, was and I was the opposite. <laughs> if anyone's mean to you, you know, take it in and it, it would it would sit with me. And then I would start to, like, question myself. And so, yeah, it's mm-hmm. then it became a point once I realized that, look, I know myself inside and out. And if they're saying something that's not true about me, I don't have to take mm-hmm. it. You know, and really it's probably more a reflection of them. It's just something else I learned, a reflection of their own issues than anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but it was a a mindset that helped to change my life at a young age because, you know, you deal with external, (laughs) you know, negativity Mm -hmm. and criticism and forces the rest of your life. So it was a good lesson to learn at that time in my life. Yeah. Criticism is clearly a strong part of our <laughs> lives <Yeah>. and it will continue to be a big part so my second one is something that I learned again in my younger years maybe around the time I was finished with college and you know I was like I said I was discovering myself I was trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do at that point I had quit basketball that's a whole other story and I was finding, I was really coming into who it is that I was. And I was like a newborn child. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, um, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to describe the feeling, but it was so refreshing. And, um, but anyways, around, I think it was 22, I had moved back home at that point and I worked at a, no, I'm sorry. I was doing my second internship. So I was in college still. And I was working with youth. It was at a detention center. And I'm a, I had a criminology degree. So I was working with these youth. And I would go on these outings with them. And I would hear stories of these young girls that were 17 years old telling me about the drug use um, that they started when they were like 11 or 12. 
babies that they have had and they had to put through foster care and they're a product of foster care themselves. We, there was one time we went on, um, I think we were going to the park or something. We were going somewhere. This was so long ago. And one of the girls had pointed out, she called me Miss Lena. That's where I had sex with, I think she said six men for drugs or money. But she remembered this location. And mind you, at the time she was telling me this, she was 17. Wow. So it changed my whole, <laughs> like my whole viewpoint on life and what I was going through at that time and what I was dealing with at a young age. Here I am, grew up in this great neighborhood, <laughs> dealing with the little issues that I was dealing with. And here she was, a 17-year-old girl, but was living the life of like someone, a 40-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was the start of my volunteering path and giving back to the community in a way. So I started working with the Boys and Girls Club, and then I volunteered with, it was called like Team Impact. And there was this one girl that I worked with, and (laughs) I just found her picture the other day, me and her, or her and me (laughs) in a picture. And I, every week, I would just go over to her house I would pick her up for a couple hours and we just do something as simple as go and get ice cream or we'd go to the mall or we would go to the park and it was the highlight of her week. And I remember talking to her mother and there, there came a point where the mother was asking me for money and this and that. And it was becoming where the boundaries were being overstepped. And I eventually had to stop doing it because I felt like I, at some point wasn't going to be able to say no anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I, I saw what this girl was living, the condition she was living in, and I wanted to so much help her, but there mm-hmm. was only so much I could do. I was just there to be an outlet for her and do something that wasn't. That sound, yeah, and it sounds like even her mom was taking advantage of her. It's like everyone yeah. in her life was taking she advantage of her. She would keep her home and not put her in school and make her go to the store for And she was only 11. But instead of, it yeah. could have been a great opportunity for her to have yeah. a mentor with you, mm-hmm. her mom turned it yeah for herself yeah. you know which just shows how yeah actually selfish yeah she is very selfish and it's actually I just remember it's called Portland Impact and if it still exists they're doing great things and if you're listening and you live in Portland you should reach out to them and support them and so that led to I think just my skills overall recognizing that people just want to be heard they just want to have some time for themselves, regardless of their age, you know? So that led me into like, oh, I can help people. Okay, let me take this back. <laughs> so when I was done with Portland Impact, that's when, you know, I had to be done with school. <laughs> I had to move on, find a job. So I think I did mention this in a previous podcast. I ended up working, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up working for a, um, like a placement, uh, temporary job service. Mm -hmm. And I ended up at the corporate headquarters of Jack in the Box, you know, of all things. And I was only supposed to be there temporarily for like a couple weeks, but I just felt comfortable there in a cubicle doing weird, odd things. But they loved my energy, <laughs> and I didn't know why. I was like, I'm just me. So they ended up keeping me on for like a year, <laughs> and I was really doing nothing. I was getting paid to just come in and be and be positive. Lena. <laughs> be <laughs> to me. like sing and dance, tap, tap dance, no tap <laughs> dancing, <laughs> no. But I slowly got them interested in like working out, 
and there was one day I said, hey, I have an idea. Let's all make vision boards. So I got everyone to go in the, what's it, in the office, when you, the phone room, where <laughs> you guys all sit and have meetings. The conference room. The conference room. Yeah. So we all met up in the conference room, got all the magazines from the office. I think I went to one of those craft stores, got boards. We all made a positive vision board. And then I think we kept them in our office. I don't know. So every day we would see this vision board. And then weeks later, one of the young women that was sitting next to me asked me about, you know, you played basketball. What is it that can do to lose weight? And she was, I don't want to say, she was obese. I want to say she was obese. And so I just, you know, started telling her, hey, maybe just start with walks. And I know of this place, Curves. This is back when Curves was a big thing. And maybe you should join Curves and see how that, how comfortable you feel just working out with women. And it's a good way to start you off on an exercise program. It's only 30 minutes and you don't have to be around men and feel comfortable. So she started doing that. And then that rolled into the other women in the office starting to work out. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at this. Mm. And, um, and then that's how my whole fitness career got started. But bottom line is I feel like the most important thing you can do for people is first listen. And in my field, <laughs> I don't want to say that I don't do a lot, but I feel a lot of times I'm a therapist to a lot of my clients mm -hmm. and they just like to vent. They just like mm -hmm. to talk and have someone who's neutral, who's not really judging them. And I'm not, I just here to listen and then smile. If you just smile at someone, it's going to make them smile too and give a hug. You know, I wasn't really a hugger before, <laughs> but I developed this <laughs> skill. I don't know. I wouldn't really call you a hugger now, but really? Oh, I, I'm a hugger. Um, I like to compliment too. And I just don't do that just to be, it's genuine. <laughs> like I feel like everyone wants to hear a compliment. So every day, make it a point, whether you're at the store, whether you're at the gym, whether it's your friend, whether it's your significant other, whether it's your child, give them a compliment because it not only makes them feel better, it'll make you feel better and encourage people, encourage people to do something different, encourage people to be brave, encourage people to step out of their comfort zone and reach for something more than what they're currently doing. Don't let them stick, stay in a rut. You know what I mean? So encouraging. And then overall, just send good vibes. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's my way of bringing joy and adding value. I know it was a long story, but that's how I, I really wanted to share how I created that skill, how I developed my own path on how to give back to the world because what's that saying what you put out is what you receive yeah and I think it's I gain more I think I think working with that young girl yeah she got some stuff for me ice cream but I think I still think about it to this day and it's what 16 mm. years later I feel like she gave me more than I could ever have given her like even my clients yeah well in terms of just Staying positive and finding that positivity, yeah. of course, when you are reaching out to other people in a positive way, the chances of you getting positivity back are much higher than if you're, exactly. if you're not, or even if you're ignoring, you just have on your blinders, you're going through your life and you're not paying anyone else attention. Um, so yeah, I think that's 
you know, when it comes to being a positive person, if you are able to, you know, uplift other people along the way, then it will only help you be more positive. And don't think of it going in there. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) bring joy in someone's life because I want to feel better. You have to go with it with the intent of helping someone and it's rewarding. And also, and also recognizing that sometimes it unfortunately might not be the feedback that you want, Exactly. like with the mom. And unfortunately you had to walk away from that situation, but at the end of the day, if you accumulate these kinds of interactions, the, you know, sort of net gain will be positive as opposed to sort of going through life, you know, negatively or discouraged or. Yeah. And a lot of times people get stuck. They will, they will get caught up in that trap that the woman, the mother had, and they'll start giving money. They'll start doing, taking, taking. Yeah. Well, I don't even necessarily mean taking, but breaking the rules of what they sign. There's a contract when you volunteer, like this is the boundaries and this is what you do and this is what you don't do. And people overstep those and then they get too close. And that's when you're breaking laws and you're doing weird things and you can be held accountable and at fault for stuff. So just be mindful of that and recognize when, to just move on or when to let go. Yeah. And it's really hard. And so my second point about, you know, in terms of how to stay in a positive mindset is the other side of it is knowing when to extract yourself from negative people. So if you are around someone that makes you uneasy or you find that maybe they're, you know, a complainer or a gossiper or doing something that kind of brings down your energy and your mood, you know, then maybe that's not a person you should be surrounding yourself with on a regular basis. I think it's important to be around other people who have similar mindsets as you have. And not to say you have to have the same views on everything like politics. And I'm just saying with people who, you know, are work hard, you know, for what they have are giving and generous to other people who want, who genuinely want the best for you Mm -hmm. and you genuinely want the best for them. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes there are also people in your life who they may be envious of what you're doing or what you've accomplished or what's happening in your life and maybe giving out some energy that isn't right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just important to, um, to sort of, if the goal is to be a more positive person, to make sure that you have people in your life who are supportive of that. And not to say that you're not each going to have your moments where you're just venting. Oh, I just need a van. It was a crazy day at work and, or it's getting my nerves and then, but if every time you talk to that person, it's that. Yeah, it's that's not, draining. It, yeah, it is. It's draining. And, you know, um, it's not a good situation. So, yeah. So I think it's just as important also to know when to extract yourself from toxic people and toxic situations. And maybe you can't. Maybe some of it's family. <laughs> like, you can't necessarily completely separate yourself mm-hmm. from that person. But you can at least dial back the interactions so that it's not having a negative impact on you and affecting your positivity. Yeah. And I wanted to, since you brought that up, because I do have 
not necessarily toxic people in my life, but people that don't necessarily look at things the way I do. And you said sometimes it is, you know, we agreed that it is draining hearing those people complain and vent and talk about the same thing all of the time. But if you really think about it, that's a way of giving back because when you're sharing positivity in your life and what you're doing, eventually they're going to receive it and hear it and maybe it'll change them a small bit amount. But I think you're going to be more of an influence and in benefiting their life than than you than they are to you. Does that make sense? Like you're it a does, but I think some yeah, but I think there are some situations though where it's not that it's just draining on you, but it's like extinguishing a light. Like if you have ten candles lit within and it's extinguishing a couple of lights mm-hmm. having to hear it and take it all in. So I think yes, there are some people that you can be, you know, a sounding board and you can be um you know, someone to help uplift them. But then I also think that there are situations where they don't really want to change. So it's going to be this constant barrage of that's what they think. negativity. So and that's what I was saying, like listening. And that's big part of my, what I do is like, sometimes I hear the same things. Um, not always so bad, but it's just, they're talking about the same thing. And I'm like, well, you have all the money in the world. You could travel anywhere. I don't know why we're, you're complaining, but I'm there to listen yeah. and just. Well, then it might just be our different, like yeah. the people personality types. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying our different personality types because true. for me, I'm I internalize You'll right. Yeah, that's so, true. So when I absorb it, it exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's why maybe that's not where um, the best situation for me to actually help someone. That's true. Good point. Um, okay. But yeah, but I think that's just a you know a different approach in our personalities. So I wanted to just, this is not in order. I just wanted to say, so finding ways to bring joy and add value to someone else's life. I call that being a mood changer. So that's my second point. So my third thing or my third habits, my third step, whatever. I think it's more of a habit. Sounds better. My third habit is the obvious for me but I didn't really know it was the obvious until later in life is to exercise, eat well and sleep. And I mean that because I just, like I said earlier, I played basketball up until the age I was 20, the age of 21, just like a robot. I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Lift weights, play basketball, exercise. I could eat whatever I want. <laughs> and of course I'm going to sleep cause I'm working out so hard. But in my, um, my adult years, when I gained some wisdom and knowledge, I realized, you know, and I do this for a living, <laughs> I got, you know, have some credentials to back it up. Exercise is crucial to maintaining a positive outlook. And it's, I guess, if you're just hearing this, it doesn't really make any sense. But if you're regulating positive endorphins, like the endorphins are charged every time you work out. And if you're constantly doing that on a regular basis, you're fueling your body with positive neurons or whatever yeah. positive <laughs> positive vibes and electricity and with that it forces you to eat well and i like i said in the last episode and f- so many episodes before that eat well and when i mean eat well eat what you want but in a balanced manner <laughs> drink what you want but again all balanced 
And of course, with when you're doing that and you're drinking the water, you're not going to have any issues, any issues sleeping. So if you have three of those things and they're, you know, you're doing them in a consistent way, it's going to all kind of fall into place. You know what I mean? Like people who say they have sleeping issues or they're not eating in the morning and they only eat at night and then they don't work out. Well, you, each point is not consistent. So you have to be consistent in all three areas in order for it to all flow and all work. Does that make sense? It does make sense. <laughs> okay. And it's, so my next tool is also along those lines, it's to be proactive so, you know, a lot of times the being positive isn't just about the mindset. You also have to take a step or do something towards creating a better mindset. So I think about, you know, situations where you're just kind of, I've been in a funk and I don't know like really mm -hmm. how to get out of it. Everything just sort of seems like maybe it's stressful at work and things weren't, you know, um, right at home or whatever's going on, you just kind of feel stuck. And so it's easy to sort of say, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to work out because I don't feel like it right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we were talking about last week, you know, making excuses. And so I think in order to get yourself out of a downward spiral or even just sort of a hamster wheel, yeah. you know, where it's not necessarily downward, but you're just kind of, you know, treading the same ground over and over again, you have to do something differently because it's, it's physics, it's science, an object at rest stays at rest, an object in motion stays in motion. So that's something that I've always sort of lived by as well is that if I want things to change and I want things to get better or improve in a positive way, I have to take steps. Like I have to do something to work towards whatever that outcome is that I'm looking for. If I'm like, you know, oh, so, you know, when I was single and I want to be in a relationship and I, you know, I want that in my life, like, well, going to work and crazy hours coming home and sitting on my couch, like, that's not, I mean, the chances of it happening are slim to none. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was proactive by getting on a dating app and it doesn't work for everyone, but you know, it has worked for some people that I know and it worked for me. So yeah, I think, um, you know, sometimes to stay positive, it isn't just your mindset. It's also actually taking steps mm -hmm. to work towards whatever it is that you're, you know, looking to achieve or to bring into your life. Being proactive instead of reactive. There you go. Mm -hmm, girl. <laughs> so we've given you our first, so I think we're going to wrap it up now and we've shared with you our first three habits we use. And then on the next episode, which will be a me Monday, we are going to share our next for Amber it will be two for me. It'll be three. So that is it for now. But in the meantime, still look out for us on Facebook, even though Amber's not really update, updating anything at the moment. <laughs> I until look at our page every now and again. I'm like, oh. <laughs> until I get back to really taking over the social media and get back onto the social media train, um, it'll kind of be not much action happening on it. But you can find us on our website and, of course, email us 
as well. And you can find Be Fit and Me on every platform. Of course, it's Be Fit and Me at Gmail. Our website is BeFitandMe.com. And of course, to Facebook, Be Fit and Me. We look forward to the next time, obviously. We hope you enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your night, your evening, your morning, whatever time it happens to be, whatever it is that you're doing. Stay positive, be positive, and be positive in me. What'd you say? Be positive in me. (laughs) (laughs) Be positive in me. Um, Yeah, so we will talk on Monday. Bye. Deuces. Until next time, remember, stay sweet, stay sexy, stay sassy, but more importantly, be savvy. Oh, I think I got it all. (laughs) 